Danke, Stefan. Uh, for those of you who don't, don't know me, my name is Thomas. Ik zal hier my community praten, ik It was so wonderful for me to, to be in worship this morning and yeah, just to worship God. And, and uh, it's so cool. You guys must remember, we don't meet on a Monday morning and say, this is what's going to happen on a Sunday. We're going to do this. Everyone that needs to bring something, somebody that leads or somebody that leads worship or somebody that preach, the only thing we do in the week is we search for the Holy Spirit to just tell us and guide us. And, and it's so cool to come on a Sunday morning or to message Stefan on a, on a uh, Saturday afternoon and say, this is what God's laid on my heart. And then he sends me something back and then you get him to worship and then it's the same thing. Because then we know that the Holy Spirit is actually working in our church. And, and that's what we want. We don't want to put up a show. We don't want to have a choreographed thing that was decided last week and Monday. We want the Holy Spirit to actually work in and through us. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you for William and for, for you. What's your name, Stefan? For, yeah, for just sitting at the feet of God and listening to what the Holy Spirit has. So it's the most wonderful time of the year. If I say that word, you can hear the song in your head. It's the most wonderful time. Yeah, that one. Or, or that's what we are made to believe. There are going to be a lot of things that we do out of tradition in the next few weeks. Nah? Give presents. Um, Some of us will even have a Christmas tree. Christmas tree is a Wie Christmas tree is al op? Moet nie jou hand op... Ja, dit is te vroeg. Dit is december nie. But there's one thing that happens in the Tron household. And if you know, if that's starting to happen, then you know it's Christmas. And that is when we start to watch Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> yep. Some people in our household loves it. Some don't. Can I say Vini? But, uh, yeah, all more Christmas movies. But what's the thing about all more Christmas movies? Who knows? There's only one plot. Now, for all the Christmas movies, the plot is exactly the same. Now, if I underneath. Let's see, they are working on another plot. They are very close to a breakthrough. But it's not happening. It's just one plot. But we love them. So what I, what I actually want to get to is when you watch Hallmark movies, as you know, you can see it, you can see But um, the fact is that in most of those Hallmark movies, there's always a king, a prince, or a princess. It's always, it's always so. It's always what in the Hallmark movies happens. But as I watch those movies, I do realize that the concept of king is foreign to me. Uh, we don't know how to handle ourselves in the presence of a king. Uh, I would not know what to do if a king would walk through those doors. Actually, we would curtsy. I would not know what to do. Why not? Because I've never been in the presence of one. And in these Hallmark movies, 
boonbawe die king en die prinses en so aan, die queen feature nie altyd so lekker nie, maar ja, um, there's always somebody that works for the king. Soos a servant, maar ek, I'm, not, I'm not talking about a spoesterkie servant, I'm talking about a suit wearing servant. Nou, hulle is altyd mooi, dat is lekker. But that person has got one job, and one job only, and that is to keep the king happy, and to please the king. So why talk about Hallmark Christmas movies on a Sunday morning? Well, the, the reality is we are also servants of a king. And we are servants of the king of kings and the lord of lords and the king of the universe. Yes, I know God is our father. Yes, I know Jesus is our friend and our brother. But ultimately, God is still king. Sometimes we forget it. And we are the servants of God. And therefore, just like in the movies... Everything we do needs to please God. But do we find it in the Bible that we have to please God? 1 Thessalonians, Thessalonians, makkelijker in Afrikaans. 2 verse 4 says, On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. John is speaking here to the church in Thessalonica. And I don't know about you, but I want to be like Paul and say I want to please God and not please people. But how do we actually do it? How do we please God? And sometimes God feels like that one friend you have or family member you, you have. They've got Everything. So, ek weet nie, so iemand in ons familie. And we might think that God has everything he wants. And yes, he does. But you will be surprised that the Bible does tell us what pleases God. And let's see if we can find some of those. So the first one would be, and this is makkelijke een, faith pleases God. And Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So there it is. If you want to please God, you must have faith and believe that he exists. But we cannot talk about faith if we don't talk about, well, I'll say the other part. The confident hope and the assurance of that what we don't see. That's also faith. And that also pleases God. It's easy for me, for my Tuamas, to believe that God exists. But sometimes when things in my life don't go as planned, so that ik gedenke dit moet gaan nie, then at that stage faith becomes a little more difficult. But in that moment, we must also have faith that God is actually in control of our lives. And that part of faith also pleases God. So, how could we be more faithful in these aspects of our lives? And I think we should know what the promises of God for our lives is. 
We must know what the promises in the Bible is. And if we know what the promises in the Bible is, it will be easier for us um when things don't go as planned. Yes, God, but you say in the Bible this promise. Yes, God, but you say in the Bible this promise. But if we can't refer back to those promises in the Bible, then it would be difficult for us to have faith. So I want to challenge you, and and if I say you, I want to challenge myself in that as well, to search for the promises of God in the Bible. And please, I'm not talking about, I'm not, I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel, saying, if you believe, then magically a Ferrari, bite your dear, so much Santa come. It's not what I'm preaching. But there is some promises in the Bible, and we need to know that for when times are tough, and we need to have some faith. So just a few, like three, finishes. Philippians 4, I can give you a few, Philippians 4, 19. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ. Matthew 11 verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for yourself. Isaiah 41 verse 10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. These are some examples of promises that we can hold fast to. So when things don't go as planned, that we can be faithful. Because that faith pleases God. And I would like, wish I could be like Enoch. Enoch in Genesis 5 verse 24. And Enoch walked with God. Then he was no more. Because God took him. Away. My, tra- my translation says, Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more. So he was so faithful. God was so pleased with him that God just said, let's go to heaven. Sure, I want to be, be that faithful to God. But yeah, that's what I strive to do. The next thing that will, be, that will please God would be to be spiritually minded. So spiritually minded. We all know the verse in Romans 7 that says, "For for what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. That what I will do, that do not. But that what I not will do, that do not. So there's this constant battle. Will it be like a battle? Noem nie, maar kom ons noem het maar a battle. A battle that's going on inside us between doing right and wrong. It's like the spirit and the flesh is having a, bet- a battle. And Romans 8 explains why there is this battle in us. The mind... The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. So when we give our hearts to God, an amazing thing happens. 
God comes, the Holy Spirit comes and take control of our lives. Die Heilige Geest kom in, die Heere kom in. The problem is, of nie the problem is nie, but the thing is, flesh doesn't go away when the Spirit comes. But the Holy Spirit takes control. Our problem is, however, that flesh is our default setting. But our default setting does not please God. So let's talk about default setting. I come out the tower prod. It's an IT. So an IT prod is by from the default setting. So I buy a printer. Allemaal meeste van ons weet daarom wat is een printer. Ons koop een printer. Het is een fancy printer. Het is print in color. Uuuuh. Expensive. Then you get a technician. Je hebt nou so baie geld in die uh, printer spandeer. Je kan nou nie rechtig die technician lekker betaal nie. So you get a technician to install the printer in your office. But he or she, however, sets up that printer to just print black. Black and white. So it means that printer's default setting is now black only. Can it print color? Of course. It's a color printer. But if I hit print on my computer, it will print my prachtige photo in black and white. It will print all my documents in black and white. So if I print, because the default setting is black. If I want to print color... I will have to go to settings, change the settings to color, and then press print, and it'll print in color, because it's a color printer. But guess what? If I put my computer on again, and I just did print print for a document, it'll just print in black again. Why? Because it'll keep on printing just in black until I change the default setting to color. Our lives, our default setting is flesh. All that I want to do is please flesh. And we must make a conscious decision that our mind will be governed by the spirit. So also with slight, in every decision that we make, we must be aware that our automatic decision making process, most of the time, will be flesh. And that we have to change it. To spirit. Do I lay in on a Sunday morning? Flesh. Or do, I do, or do I go to church? Spirit. So that's a decision we make. Do I re- react in anger in a situation? That's flesh. Or do I react with kindness? That's spirit. Do I move in with my girlfriend? Flesh. Or not? Spirit. Do I keep on smoking after I was saved? flesh, or do I try my utmost to stop spirit? You see, there's always these, this constant battle, but we need to try and be governed by the spirit, because that will please God. Can we find another thing that will please God? Yes, we can. Psalm 147 verses 11 says, the Lord delights in those who fear him. Who put their hope in his unfailing love. Excuse is that in the Bible? <laughs> what? Those who fear God. Moet ons bang wees vir die Heere. No. 
And yes. The concept of fearing God in the Bible refers to a awe and a deep respect rather than a fear of punishment. It's about recognizing God's greatness, His holiness, and His authority. If we don't fear God, it means we have no respect for God. If we don't respect God, it means that we will do whatever we want to do. And that will not please God. We must, must understand that even if we believe in God, there will always be a consequence to our decisions. Having a reverent fear of God with, will help us in that decision making. Exodus 20 verse 20 says the following. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. To keep you from sinning. And that is why we should fear God. So that it will keep us from sinning. I do feel I want to balance this thing about fear a bit. It's important to note that I'm not talking about a spirit of fear. It's not the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear is a paralyzing fear manifesting in a way that prevents us from making decisions or causing us to make the wrong decisions. I probably found this spirit of fear. 1 John John 4 verse 18 in the New King James Version says, there is no fear in love, but perfect fear. Perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not, has not been made perfect in love. So this fear of God does not involve any torment. Good. So it's just important for us to note that. And the fourth thing that will please God will be if we do his will. As we say, will do. So, what is God's will? That's a loaded question. What is God's will for our lives? It's also a loaded question. And I think we're going to hear the will of God. And I don't want to go into that rabbit hole today. It's just important for us to, to realize that we need to do the will of God. And we need to find what the will of God is. Because if we find the will of God in our lives, that will also please God. Some of examples of God's will will be to show love and compassion to people. Share the gospel. That's his will. Live a holy life. That's the will of God. Seek him in everything that we do. Those are things that are God's will. Not always, but sometimes these things, uh, it's not lacker to do, or it's not easy to do. Like sharing the gospel. For some of us it's easy, for some of us it's difficult to talk to somebody about the gospel. But that's God's will. And God says that he will equip us to do his will. And Jesus was a great example of this just before he was crucified. Now, 
Uh, it wasn't easy to know that you are going to be crucified. But still he prayed, not my will, but yours be done. The will of God. Doing the will of God. That will please God. So those are a few things that I could find that will actually please God. And I'm sure there's a lot more. But what I want to just also say this morning is, uh, it's important to watch and to check what our motive for pleasing God is. It must be a pure motive. Why do you want to please God? It must never be to pay for my salvation. Because salvation is a free gift from God. By God's grace, we were saved. Not by the things that I've done of Handun. It's by His grace. His grace is free. It's not cheap. But His grace is free. So even if we do everything we talked about here, perfectly, for the rest of our lives, even then we cannot pay for what God has done for us on the cross. Our efforts in pleasing God should never be to earn his favor or his respect. We should never feel that we have to perform for God for to for God so that he is pleased with us. He's already pleased with us. It should rather be because we want to. Because we are just so thankful for what he has done for us on the cross. But. But. There is the matter of judgment. So one day. Judgment day will come. If we are a Christian, if you're not a Christian, judgment day will come. And 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10 tells us that. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. All. That each one may receive what is due for the things done while in the body. Whether good or bad. We are not talking about losing our salvation here. We're not going to lose our salvation on judgment day. But we are going to receive what is due us for the things done while in the body. What have you been building while you're here on earth? Spiritually. Have you been doing things that pleased God? Have you loved people enough? Have you shared the gospel? Did you have enough faith? Have you lived spiritually minded? Because we will someday be judged for the things we have done. We will not lose our salvation. It's important. But we will be judged. And 1 Corinthians 3 verse 10 to 15 says the following. By the grace God has given me, I'd lay a foundation as an expert builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds. You should be careful how you build. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. 
If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survived, he will receive his reward. If it's burned up, he will suffer a loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. Will the choices that I now make, make God love me more? I don't think so. Will the choices that I now make, please God? Yes. Will the choices I now make affect what will happen on judgment day? Definitely. And I think the Bible is clear here. We will receive a reward or we will suffer a loss. I don't know about you, but when judgment day comes, I want to hear God say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And ultimately, Micah 6 verse 7 to 8 sums it up very nicely. It's just a poem. Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with 10,000 rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgressions, the fruit of my body, for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. That's my prayer with us. That we act justly. That we love mercy. And that we walk humbly with God. So let us be like the servants in the Hallmark Hallmark movie. Let our life's mission be to serve the king. Let everything we do. Every decision that we make. Please God. But unlike them, let us do it not to receive the favor of the king, but let us do it out of a pure thankfulness for what God has done for us. Let's stand. Let's pray that God will show his will to us and... uh, yeah, that we can, we can please him. William? William? Lord Jesus, thank you that we can be here in your presence this morning. Thank you that we can be here in the presence of a king, Lord. Thank you that we can yeah, just lift you up, Lord, and yeah, just stand in awe of who you are, Lord. Such amazing gift, Lord, that you gave each one of us, the gift of salvation, Lord. And in that, Lord, we just want to, you know, just absolutely do our utmost and our best, Lord, to try and be faithful to you, Lord. Not to get your favor, Lord, not to, to get things when judgment day comes, Lord, but just out of a thankfulness, Lord, for what you have done for us and I do feel 
that some of us might need some prayer this morning. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to ask you to be bold and, and to come to the front and, and some of the leaders will, will pray with you this morning. But I really feel that there are some of us here New Christians, old Christians, that are still struggling with this battle of flesh. Although we are all, we are saved, you've been saved, it just feels that no matter what you do, it always feels that the flesh is winning over the spirit. So I want to, to give a moment if you want to come to the front and you want yeah, just somebody to pray with you and just ask God to, to help you in that specific area of your life. Be bold and come and stand in the front. Say, God, I'm struggling with this, struggling with this flesh thing. I know the spirit is inside me, but I'm struggling with flesh. Then there might be someone here or some people here that feels that they just need some prayer to have more faith. I've got faith. But sometimes things just happen and it just feels like I don't have faith for the situation that I'm in right now. And I just need God, need, just need somebody to pray with me so that I will have a little bit more faith to do what God wants me to do and just keep on keeping on. If that's you, Gonna ask that you come to the front. Then I want to ask there might be some people here that's struggling with the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear and anxiety has crippled you, it's paralyzed you. If that's you, if you are crippled by fear and crippled by anxiety, you don't have to be. Come to the front. Ask some people to pray with you while you're in front here. last one is I don't want to assume that all of us is saved if you are here this morning and you've never asked God to come into your life never gave your life to Jesus I would also like you to be bold and to come and to come and stand here in the front we will gladly pray with you that God will come into your life